Welcome to a new episode of Cloud Car Co-Pilot. First up, character, biography, and always tend to link this with an action figure as well. This episode, Admiral Akbar. By being a Star Wars fan and listening to this, you already know Mr. Akbar's story, so I'll go on to action figure-wise. As I said earlier, I love the card back for the mail-away figure, or the mail-away offer for Admiral Akbar, for Revenge of the Jedi. Uh, in doing so, I got a few years ago a carded Admiral Akbar figure uh, with the Re- Revenge of the Jedi logo on it. Uh, always wanted to get a nice little homage to that mail-away offer. Uh, it's still in the package, I will not open that figure, so wanted to get the figure. Uh was disappointed in his death in The Last Jedi. Uh thought he should have got out in a more... Uh, uh, better a better way than he did, but that's by the by, really. Uh, great figure. Uh, I did get him uh, as a mail away, actually, in uh, 1982, uh, as a mail away uh, for Palatoy. A great figure. So, next segment. I asked for some questions over Twitter for this episode, if I would send some in, and kindly a few people have. My first question is from Jeff Porkbatch, uh, Lazy Wampa on Twitter. He asks, what are my expectations for The Rise of Skywalker? I I generally not generally don't really go with a uh, preconceived notion of what a film will do. Uh, I usually just go to cinema and just watch it to enjoy it. But I think, judging by a couple of uh, pictures and some vibes, I think uh, one of the characters... When the main characters will die, uh, I've got a horrible feeling it might be R2-D2, but I might be way off on that one, but hopefully the film will span together the uh, all the sagas, uh, original trilogy and prequels, tie in with the sequel trilogy. Uh, I hope they hope J.J. Abrams does that, and I hope he gives a satisfying ending to the saga, or, or if they wanted to continue lose it on such an ambiguous note that they can continue. Uh, I know Kathleen Kennedy said that uh, some of the main characters would like she would like to feature in upcoming movies. So I I think it might be safe and betting that all like Ray, uh, Finn, uh, Poe, and that uh, might probably will survive uh, if we want to continue with those characters. So that's my thoughts on that. And thank you, Jeff. My next question is from Mr. Darth Braun on Twitter. He asks, what is the one item as a child I never managed to get? What is the one item, <coughs> excuse me, uh, I cherish owning now? Uh, I suppose one item I never managed to get is, uh, is the Yatat. Uh, I had a small model one. Many years later, after Star Wars came back, after the Disney deal, I managed to pick up uh, a vintage collection at at from Toys R Us. That sits proudly in my collection. Uh, one item I most cherish, uh, I suppose it's my mum kept my uh, some Star Wars bedsheets I got in probably 1979 uh, and a pillowcase. I've got those still. They're a little bit faded, but still in pretty good shape. I suppose the other thing I really 
do treasure onto is a uh, my autograph of and picture with Carrie Fisher, which I got in a uh, in Essen celebration Europe uh, in 2013. Uh, it was probably on the day a last minute decision to try and get a uh, an autograph and ticket. Uh, I was luckily I managed to get uh, at the event as a VIP, so. Uh, I didn't have to wait much much for to get online and meet Carrie, uh, and that was really great. Uh, and also managed to get a picture with her, which is really good. And so that's the one I really, really do cherish. Thank you, Mr. Darth Prawn, for the question. Next up, we have a question from the wonderful Clashing Sabers podcast. What are my hopes for storytelling post the rise of Skywalker? Uh, I'm not really a a, a person that really formulates many theories of what's going to go on so I'll probably just wait for what they uh, bring out. Uh, I've, I have to confess I've never watched Game of Thrones so the Benioff and Wise films uh, I'll be interested in what uh, in seeing what they do. Uh, if it's an Old Republic then uh, fine, if it's something else you know. Uh, seeing as I love The Last Jedi uh, I really am hoping that the Ryan Johnson trilogy does happen sooner rather than later uh, and I am looking forward to The Mandalorian and the Cassian and or series on Disney Plus uh, I think there will be two good additions to the Star Wars uh, pantheon uh, and it will be especially interesting to see how uh, Star Wars pans out on, on TV uh, I know it's a thing that's been sort of been ongoing since uh, 2008-2009 for George Lucas and wrote all the scripts for it, and uh, so you know, going forward, I'm I'm pretty open arms, waiting to what uh, the film will bring us. Really, thank you, Clashing Sabers, and it's definitely one of those podcasts to listen to. They're really up there on the uh, positivity stakes. Next up is a question from Michelle on Twitter. Uh, her handle is Frere Jacent. Uh, she asks. Am I a Raylo or a Ben Demption? Mm, I've got to say, Ben Demption for me, but it might be a sacrificial one. I think Ben, in the act of uh, going back to the light, might give up his life. Sorry, all you Raylos out there, but that's my that's my gut feeling on that one. But. I don't usually trust my gut feeling unless I'm hungry or I've got stomachache. So uh, that's by the by on that one. Yeah, definitely Ben Demption. Uh, I didn't really... F that was a, a late blooming on that one. Immediately after Force Awakens, I wanted uh, uh, Kylo Ren or Ben to, to die or went Chewbacca to tear him limb from limb because Han Solo is one of my favourite characters. Uh, but over time, I've mellowed on that one. And I think... The Last Jedi, he kind of then sort of shows signs of uh, strain towards the light side, uh, especially with his killing of uh, Snoke and that. Uh, so, certainly a vexing question, and uh, hopefully one will be answered in The Rise of Skywalker. Thank you, Michelle. The next question is from the Nerd Herder podcast. Who from Star Wars would I take as my co-pilot on my... Cloud car. I think I would take Aunt Beru with me. 
uh, for a nice uh, travelling through the clouds of Bespin. She's probably never been, or well, never been off world from Tatooine, and that's all she's known. So I think uh, getting to soar through Bespin skies and see the beauty of uh, something different would be a really great experience for her. I think she'd really enjoy it. So I think uh, Aunt Beru would be the one that I would take with me for a cloud car. Uh, as my cow car co-pilot. My last question is from Alice from the Force Toast podcast. She asks, where did Kylo Ren get the melted Vader mask we saw in The Force Awakens? Seeing as that the suit and the mask have been burnt on that funeral on that pyre by Luke as burning away the last vestiges of uh, Darth Vader as Anakin turned back to light, I reckon Wicket, a few years later, in a drunken uh, fit of rage after his designs for a new clothing line for Leia were rejected after the Endor dress they made for her, uh, I reckon he put the helmet, he scavenged the helmet, put it on Space Bay, the eBay equivalent from Star Wars, uh, and just forgot about it uh, after years and years of it lying on there as people thinking it was a fake after, uh, Ben Solo saw it on there uh, had to bid for it uh, I reckon he had um, a huge bidding war event for it for quite a few people uh, I reckon his, uh, his handle on Space Ray would be flowing locks uh, I think eventually he won the helmet uh really annoying a lot of people on Space Bay and really got bad reviews on it and probably got kicked off it at the end but he did get the helmet eventually and what you don't see in that picture of the helmet is the uh, is a notification from Space Bay that uh, Kylo Ren do not use eBay or Space Bay ever again that's my answer Alice thank you very much may the force be with you Next up is my vintage look back at vehicles. As I said in the last episode, today I'm going to be talking about Darth Vader's Star Destroyer, the playset that came out in 1980. I probably got that playset in Christmas 1980 or for my birthday in March 1981. It was a really good playset. Uh, slightly weird looking for a Star Destroyer, but had some good play features. Uh, I was really into the Bounty Hunters as a kid and had all the... Uh, figures of them back then so always have great play scenarios of the Darth Vader meeting all the bounty hunters on the Star Destroyer. Uh, I'd usually have silly games of uh, some of the bounty hunters being in the uh, meditation chamber and probably not then as a kid but probably now thinking that they would prank call the Emperor or something. Uh, you know, Dengar getting very nervous uh, after his meeting with Darth Vader and getting drunk and for some reason finding himself in Darth Vader's room and accidentally turning on the uh, the hologram projector and waking up the Emperor at 3am in the morning and just saying, What's up? That's I think, that sort of thing nowadays. So I think Dengar would do uh, and, and I mean, no wonder he uh, didn't really make it as a bounty hunter after that. So it's a great place to anyway and... Uh, Got lots of great scenarios with it. 
one of the weirdest ones with uh, hanging up figures on the uh, top of the playset. Uh, I think they did have an image early on of Princess Leia uh, hanging up there, but I think they uh, changed it for a Star Destroyer Commander uh, later on. Uh, obvious connotations of that. Uh, also, good playset. Uh, really enjoyed it. Uh, I think it's the only one that I'm sort of missing from my vintage collection at the minute. Uh, I do like the box art of it. Uh, so hopefully get it again one day. Next up I'd like to talk about some of, a couple of the uh, Star Wars oddities I've had in my collection around the uh, Force Awakens time. Practically everything was coming out Star Wars and uh, I saw some Star Wars drinks coasters in a local store and managed to get some for the Force Awakens. I carried on getting some when Rogue One was released and Last Jedi. And also I managed to get a couple of the uh, a classic ones of the Star Wars logo. Uh, the, the classic font of it before the more, more normal logo for Star Wars. Uh, also the other one that around Force Vegas time I really got obsessed with trying to get was uh, for some weird reason I wanted some Star Wars body spray. Uh, I don't know why <laughs> that is but uh, I did get some Star Wars shampoo uh, as well. Uh, as well, but eventually in a store in my local town, they had a gift set. Uh, it was a Stormtrooper gift set of uh, shower gel, and they did have actual body spray. Uh, I did get about three packs of that when I, when I did see it, and uh, I still kept one of the uh, bottles of it. Uh, I do actually sell it on uh, eBay again now. Uh, I will get some more of it. I just I don't can't understand why, for some reason, I just wanted... Star Wars body spray. Uh, just I usually, I usually, I'm usually I like a deodorant person, and I uh, sp spray myself up in the morning to actually smell quite nice. And uh, I just thought something wanted something Star Wars of it, and uh, eventually I did find it. Uh, so that's my weird funny story about that. The uh, yeah, weird. <laughs> Next up is my what if scenario question. What if the Empire Strikes Back had spectacularly bombed in 1980 and not made its money back? Would audiences have said, I love Star Wars in the swashbuckling style, not our heroes going through the mixer? Uh, essentially a copy and paste of Star Wars, the movie, and not the movie as it was, taking risks with our characters and strengthening their characters and the story. Would George have gone in a different direction for Return of Jedi? Would he have just gone back to what was tried and tested on Star Wars? And tried to play another safe bet again? And would audiences have gone for it again? All these are interesting questions. Uh, I think Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back did get some critical reviews when it first came out, I think, but it did make its box office uh, did do well and uh, so they made enough to Warrant the third instalment, but if it hadn't, then would George have just said, "Okay, back to the drawing board. I make, I make Star Wars again, uh, but with a slightly different twist." Uh, or would, but would audiences have seen through that and just said, "Oh, it's another just you know a copy of a copy of the first movie, 
And that movie, that first movie, had certainly had its magic. And when it first released, certainly did uh, strike a, a chord with the audiences back then. I think for, also for the time it was set uh, in 1977, and what messages it uh, had to hope had to give hope to uh, for the general audience of the United States and essentially around the world. I think a different story for Empire Strikes Back might have given it or struggling has given it a slightly different twist on it. Uh, certainly Empire did push the boundaries on special effects again and uh, especially with the characters I think most sequels really just tend to put their characters that you do like in a slightly different scenario again and I do tend to build on them a little bit, but essentially just, you know, you like these characters, you want to see them again, and, you know, there you go. But Star Wars, The Empire Strike, did at least put them in peril, and uh, certainly did deepen their characters and give them something to think about. Uh, and also, the probably biggest movie twist that ever at the end of The Empire Strikes Back as well. Uh, Would with audiences and if audiences had not gone for that and really not liked it and wanted Luke to uh, be full of hope and not uh, wanting his father to be uh, the Dark Lord of a Sith, you know, certainly we had growth for all the major characters in the Empire Strikes Back and the decision to put the big battle. Near the start of the movie, instead of in the normal third act of the movie, was a gamble. Would kids have not enjoyed the fact that their big set piece was near the start of the movie, and the rest of the movie was more of a uh, a character study of the characters as they went about their different journeys. Uh, certainly, the Last Jedi uh, storyline might have mirrored what the Empire Strikes Back might have done. Uh, certainly if the Imperials had found out from Darth Vader if, where the Rebels were on Yavin and gone to invade the planet and the Rebels had escaped. Uh, certainly a chase not involving the Millennium Falcon but the Rebel fleet uh, might have ensued. Uh, that might have been a different scenario. Uh, I don't know how... Uh, Luke Skywalker would have played into that uh, if if Darth Vader didn't know that uh, a Force-sensitive pilot had destroyed the Death Star. Uh, the Empire might have gone for the sledgehammer approach instead of the scalpel and just destroyed Yavin from orbit. Uh, and I'm sure I don't think Yavin had a planetary shield to defend it. Uh, so it would have been over pretty quick, really, as a story, if that would have happened. Uh, certainly getting to Hoff would have been a slightly difficult scenario later on uh, if the Rebels hadn't already known where Hoff already was. And Imperials would have certainly... Well, they might not have followed them, they probably wouldn't have had uh, hyperspace uh, capacity to follow them where they were, so actually... Uh, might have been feasible actually for the rebels to go back go to Hoff later on in the movie set up a base and sort of carry on from there uh, 
all sorts of different scenarios. So you can put slants and different avenues of all Star Wars movies, really, you know, for where it might have been. Uh, certainly, Empire certainly did take the most risks when it came out, uh, as in not having another uh, disordinary adventure for our heroes, uh, certainly getting to know them, and it certainly had gathered enough public interest in their stories after Star Wars to really, for the audiences to be uh, to be concerned and, and cared about their characters. So certainly Empire did certainly work and I think the scenario about Empire being a flop was probably a less, less of a prospect but it still would have been out there in 1980. Uh, I think Star Trek I think learnt the lesson from I think the first movie, uh, motion picture. Uh, certainly, when I saw it as a kid, uh, it didn't really flow for me as well as Star Wars. Uh, it was more of a, uh, a character piece, uh, more more talky than action. Uh, I certainly didn't really vibe with me as a kid. Certainly, they I think they learnt their lesson. Certainly, up the ante, up the ante with a. Uh, the Wrath of Khan, and certainly I did enjoy that movie as a kid, and that was really good. Uh, having a fan, having a first movie as a sort of setup movie, you've got to have a, some action in it, and I think Star Trek really, uh, in the first one, really went too much over into the uh, philosophical sort of things and didn't really uh, add much action to it, which in the event of afterwards of Star Wars really was a bit of a you know a bit of a disappointment as a kid. So last up is my character study uh, going into uh, vintage figures as well. Uh, this one is Princess Leia, uh, one of the first 12 action figures. Really classic design and uh, I really love the uh, vinyl capes of the actual first few figures as well. Uh, as a Princess Leia was one I always got as a kid, uh, all through the line, up to Return of the Jedi, I never really missed her out on any form of an Empire and Jedi, uh, even Bespin Leia, uh, Half Leia, didn't really miss out on any figures because she was always part of the uh, actual group playing action Star Wars with as figures. Uh, so really, as I said, really classic look for her and. Uh, I will go into a later episode of the uh, actual pictures on the actual car backs as well because it was a really striking picture of a Princess Leia on the car back as well. Uh, in later figures, the car back swayed me more than an actual figure to get the actual uh, actual figure. Uh, so that was true in uh, Rolando Calrissian, Skiff Guard and, uh, and Squidhead. So those two pictures on those cards that really stood out to me. Even now, as fig, as you know, great choices to put on the card. That's it for another episode. Join me next time for an episode of Kalgar Copilot. Big thanks to Unmistakably Star Wars, Resistance Broadcast, Pete Fletcher, Clashing Sabres, and many others for continuing to create content that inspires me to carry on with this great podcast. May the force be with you.